Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Skewed and Reviewed Skewedcast. I'm Gareth, creator of Skewed and Reviewed. You can catch us online at sknr.net. You can also go to Pinal, P-I-N-A-L, central.com, keyword skewed, and see our gaming reviews that we contribute to the 12 newspapers in their district. There is BGA Shea's Geek Nation on KSWFM, which is the weekly radio segment that I appear on. We have the simulcast on our page. And, of course, Skewed and Reviewed, the magazine, which is our quarterly publication. We'll have the next issue out in March, and we also are syndicated through various outlets and we cover everything from movies games television hardware pop culture travel entertainment and more and i'm joined as always with justin michael and joseph and we have a show this week where we're going to have a look at some news from the video game world the movie world which also pertains to video games as well as a look at some upcoming um new features for Call of Duty Black Ops Zombie Mode. So let's start off with the news that really caught everyone by storm that arrived later in the week, and that is that a true uh, sequel to the original Cloverfield movie is in the early stages. Now, this film is going to basically not take the found footage approach. It is not going to take the approach of the universe films like 10 Cloverfield Lame, and the Cloverfield Paradox, but will instead be a direct follow-up to the original film. J.J. Uh, Abrams will produce, and it will have a different director, but um, uh, Matt Reeves is basically very busy with the new Batman movie. However, Joe Barton is going to be scribbling out the screenplay for it, and it's interesting because... Uh, Barton was recently hired to be the showrunner on his upcoming Gotham PD prequel series for HBO Max. So they do have a connection. So let's run down the list and we'll start with Justin. What do you make of this? Yeah, so very interesting. Uh, I was a, I was a big fan of the Cloverfield movie um, when it came out, uh, but that was a long time ago. I, th I think that was like 2009, maybe. Um mm -hmm maybe even 2000, 2008. So, you know, it's, it's been a while. It's been well over 10 years. Um, you know, and it was, it was decent, decently large when it came out. It kind of made some waves. It, it made a lot of money, um, for, for its budget. It was really only like a $30 million budget movie. And I always pointed to that movie as an example that, you know, with really great direction and, um, and editing that you can make a fairly low budget movie that looks pretty high budget. Um, it, it showed that, you know, I always pointed that as an example that showing that you don't necessarily need like $300 million to make like a really good looking movie. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of it was sort of obscured by its format of being a found footage movie. So if they didn't have to linger on, on shots with, uh, um, with a lot of CG or anything, but, um, you know, that was a movie that w when it came out, I, I, had really good feelings about Matt Reeves as a director. And, uh, you know, I think that turned out to be totally true. His career has been really good since then. He's made a lot of really great, uh, films between let me in and, uh, the planet of the apes movies. So, um, you know, they, they had been talking, they were talking about doing a sequel, uh, to the original Cloverfield for a long time. Um, uh, but it, it really always seemed like I never got off the ground. Matt Reeves was interested in it. And, um, you know, instead they kind of went this direction of trying to do sort of like a Twilight Zone 
anthology thing with different movies that sort of take place in the same universe that aren't are only kind of connected to each other. Um, so uh, it seemed like that's kind of what they wanted to do is kind of just use it as a brand. Um, and I was I was pretty sure that they weren't going to come back to this just because the movie's so old. And while it did make waves, it's kind of, you know, kind of decent waves at the time it came out. You know, there wasn't like a huge cult following or anything. So I'm kind of surprised to see it coming back, um, but pleased. Uh, I think that's great. I liked the original movie. Um, you know, the only thing I'm sort of apprehensive on is uh, obviously they and they basically announced it's not going to be the same format, which I'm fine with. You know, found footage, I think, was a very much a product of its time and was sort of like a, a fad. Um, and I, I don't know if doing it again is really going to be as impactful as, as the time that it came out. So I think that's uh, that's a decent move, but with Matt Reeves not directing, um, not quite sure. You know, it really kind of depends on who's involved and the story and things like that. So, um, but you know, I'm a huge fan of monster movies. Uh, grew up on Godzilla and stuff like that. So, I am uh, eager to see how this goes. And uh, Michael, your take, please. Yeah, and I completely agree. I mean, I, I agree that the found footage aspect was really much a, a product of its time. You know, I think, you know, Blair Witch being one of the the first real, um, you know, hits when it came to found footage, particularly when there was a lot of belief surrounding it at the time that it was real and, and all that kind of thing. And I really liked the format itself. I mean, I thought it was really clever how they did Cloverfield. I liked the whole found footage aspect of that movie. Um, so I, I'm not like... Like Justin said, I think I do think that was a, a fad, kind of a product of its time, and I and I'm not opposed to them going in a different direction with it. I the one thing I guess I wonder will be how do they distinguish it from any of the other uh, numerous monster movies that have come out. Um, you know, in particular, King Kong and versus Godzilla that's going to be coming out, um, or the Godzilla and King Kong franchises. Like, how does it distinguish itself um, from any other large monster movie? Um, you know, we could talk about Pacific Rim and, and other ones there as well. But all in all, you know, I, I like Justin, I'm a big fan of the big uh, blockbuster movies that are, you know, big monsters destroying cities and that kind of thing. So it'll be really curious how it makes that transition from the, the found footage, which, you know, was the gimmick of the time to being an actual um, monster movie. So, yeah, I'm, I, I like the idea. I, I'm actually very intrigued by it. Um, so I'll, I'll just be interested to see how they differentiate itself from any other monster movies that are currently out there. And uh, Joseph, your take on it, please. Well, I think it's kind of interesting that we're going back to a lot of these found footage movies because, as you know, Gareth, I recently reviewed a video game set in the Blair Witch universe. Yeah. And, like, it seems like a lot of companies or maybe there's a lot of uh, um, uh, people out there who feel like the, the ideas were great, but maybe the presentation wasn't at the time. And like you said, everybody's saying it, product at the time, product at the time. And they had great stories, but like today, that's not going to fly. And we've already seen, you know, another um, movie in this universe, a couple actually, with 10 Cloverfield Lane, Cloverfield Paradox, and they all had kind of a different feel and entry. So this is shaping up to kind of a, be a very interesting universe with the the way they're presenting the stories and movies and i'm kind of looking forward to it like everybody else i would say i am as well because they set up such an interesting premise but never um 
resolved it. And I know that that's part of the whole thing is, you know, some people, it's kind of like Alien when they were all upset about the idea behind Prometheus about let's have some mystery as to the origin of these creatures in the derelict. What I'm very curious about is the timing. I think to me, this seems to be a very big reaction to the Godzilla versus Kong reaction. We've known the mm -hmm. movie's coming for a while. The trailer dropped last week. Everything's not your, you know, we've got Facebook filled with all sorts of memes and are you team Godzilla, are you team Kong? Uh, Justin's going to be talking about some merchandise uh, rumors in just a moment. And, you know, here's the thing that people maybe are forgetting. Obviously, Cloverfield is a Paramount franchise. They sold the Cloverfield Paradox directly to Netflix, which looks like a smart move because that film was not going to be a big box office smash. However, um, Abrams has got a first look deal to develop things for Warner Brothers, who, oh yeah, that's right, are is the studio behind these giant monsters and so on. So now he's being roped in to do uh, a follow-up to one of his original classics. And to me, I think the timing is very suspicious in that we've, as you've said, we've had a Cloverfield sequel kicked around for ages. So now not Godzilla, not Godzilla King of the Monsters, not Kong Skull Island, Godzilla versus Kong. Internet's gone nuts. And now they quickly say, hey, guess what? We're, uh, we've got a writer, we're going forward. So this went from being, oh, we've got to finish screenplay or anything like that. This basically went from, okay, I like the pitch, go ahead and have someone write it. And it seems to me that they might be thinking Godzilla versus Kong is going to be a pretty decent-sized hit. And uh, they feel that perhaps, you know, we see these trends. We've had the you know, asteroid slash comet slash meteor wiping out everything on Earth. We've had the Monsters Underwater, which was Deep Star 6, Leviathan, and to some extent the Abyss. Films run in trends. Maybe they're saying, look, I think giant monsters might be the trend. Pacific Rim didn't do it, but maybe we need to kick back and uh, have some kind of response to this. So uh, really quick, Justin, why don't you tell us about these uh, merchandise rumors and what you have going on here? Yeah, so um, there's been uh, somewhat of a leak, um, you know, and it, it'd be quite something if this was a fake, but, uh, you know, some pictures of, of some merchandise for Godzilla vs. Kong, which uh, show a figure for Mechagodzilla. So I mentioned last week my speculation that uh, it was Mechagodzilla that was going to be um, causing Godzilla to kind of go nuts, uh, as mentioned in the trailer. And that the, you know, yeah, they'll probably fight in the, you know, Godzilla and Kong will probably fight early on in the movie, but eventually the antagonist is going to be Mechagodzilla. This is sort of like, you know, part of that speculation was, was based on, you know, they've sort of done that kind of story beat before several times in, in Godzilla films. Um, you know, there was a, a 60s movie, um, I think it was from the 60s era where Godzilla... Um, you know, fights with uh, with a monster called King King Caesar, and um, then they team up against Mechagodzilla. I think that was from like the first era. Um, but anyway, so um, yeah, uh, it's not not just that though. Uh, if you actually, I went back and watched the trailer because a friend of mine pointed this out to me. 
there's actually a scene at the end towards the end of the trailer where if you look in the background like on on one of like the computer screens there's a schematic for for mechagodzilla well what looks like mechagodzilla and it says like all systems online or something like that so i think it's almost like i'm pretty confident now that this is the direction of the movie um and you know i think this merchandise pretty much all but confirms it um that that's really kind of going to be the direction of how they go this is going to be a mechagodzilla movie which you know pretty great you know i i think i think that there's no way that they're gonna um make a movie that's just godzilla versus king kong and you know have it just be about that uh there's just too many you know there's just too many fans for godzilla and you know there's there's a lot of fans for king kong as well um you know just to make a movie about that and make godzilla the the antagonist i don't i don't think that's i mean it'd be a pretty bold move but that's that's just not how this is gonna go this is a blockbuster movie and i think uh almost certainly this is gonna end up being both of them against mechagodzilla yeah, I think that is a point because I know they've been pushing this whole one must, one will fall routine. And then I think about it going, you can't. That's just stupid marketing because you can't kill off a character because you're going to need that character down the line. It was kind of like this whole thing about years ago, Sylvester Stallone wanted to kill off Rocky and Rocky Five, And they were they were trying to sell MGM at the time and they absolutely refused to do it. Because their mentality is, how do you sell an asset, essentially telling people, and this is before the day and age when rebooting everything became all the rage, but how do you do this and say, oh yeah, we're going to sell you the rights to these Rocky films, but don't worry, we killed them so you can't make any more. Turned out to be a pretty smart move because they've made three films with Rocky since that point, all of which have been significantly popular. So same thing. Same thing. You have to basically keep your assets in place, keep all cards on the table and see what happens. Because, you know, how many times have we seen Godzilla or someone, uh, something supposedly dead only to pop back up? So will be interesting to see how that plays out. Another movie that got some news this week that created a controversy. There's actually a twofold one. Uh, the first up is that Kevin Hart will be joining the Borderlands film. And uh, this will be directed by Eli Roth, who people know from horror films such as Hostel, Hostel 2, uh, several other films. Claire Danes is going to be playing Lilith, but um, it came out that Kevin Hart is going to be playing Roland. Now, this didn't exactly get met with a lot of uh, positive response from the Internet, who felt that he would be better suited for the wise-talking and slightly neurotic robot Claptrap especially from the fact that Roland, as he's portrayed in the video game, is approximately a foot taller than Kevin Hart and about 125 pounds of solid muscle uh, heavier. So starting with Joseph, what do you think? Hmm. Uh, you know, most of the stuff I see out there says he should be playing a pygmy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting casting and I wonder if there's two motivations behind it. One is Kevin Hart is he's a decent comedic actor. I, I, I've liked what I've seen him in. Absolutely. But but two is is are we pushing let me get lambasted for this diversity a little too far. I get he's a great actor, he should be in the role, but like if you don't meet the physical characteristics of the part, why are you gonna be casting it unless they're reimagining the universe? 
And that's the only thing I can think of is that Roland is going to be a shorter person in the movie. Could that be. Mean? <laughs> but I will hold my judgment until I see what their plans are or how it at all turns out anyways. I mean, video game movies are notorious for not being all that great to begin with, with very few exceptions so far. Um, so we'll see how that, that all turns out. And Michael, I'm going to get your comment in just one second, but there is a uh, a belief. So essentially, you have um, you know you have the characters, and we you know you've got you still have Mordecai to cast. Who many people, you know, off the top of my head, I look at it and go, you could go anything from a Javier Bardem to an Oscar Isaac with that. But I keep coming back to Brick, who is this big hulking, you know, kind of a just he's a tank, basically, which would be his character. And I'm wondering if they're basically putting Kevin Hart in to open up the role of Brick to try to entice The Rock to come in and play it. Because they have worked well with each other on Jumanji and the other films. And I'm wondering if that's the whole point is that. We get heart in place, he can add his clout, and we can get The Rock to cover brick, and that'll just really set it up. Uh, Michael, your take, please. Uh, yeah, well, you know, one of the things that we've seen in the past, notoriously being um, Batman and Robin, right, when they cast Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze, which doesn't fit the character at all Oof. from a um, from many, many different views, but we all know how that turned out. Um, there's always been... A thing with Hollywood, um, particularly for, for you know, you know, they're bringing in popular stars to play roles that may not actually fit the character that they're trying to play. Uh, I'm not saying Kevin Hart isn't a fantastic actor, and I'm not even even going to go as far as to say that it might be a diversity kind of thing, but it can be a star power thing, a name attached to a film that they're hoping will draw in crowds, and I and I think a lot of Hollywood movies put blinders on when it comes to being faithful to the material versus bringing in the star power. I mean, one of the th one of the examples I'll go to is if you look at the Transformer movie franchises, you know, the, one of the one of the things they talked about when the original Transformers um, live action movie came out was they wanted to focus on the human characteristics of the Transformer universe. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be out, go out on a limb and think most people don't watch Transformers or are interested in Transformers because of the human aspect of the Transformers franchise. Um, it's about robots, and that's where I think they've constantly fallen is it's, they tend to focus more on how do the uh, you know, Transformers interact with their human counterparts. And let's be honest, I don't think people care, and I think that's where we, they fall down a lot. Uh, and it kind of goes back to video game movies as well. Um, you know, there are good examples of video game movies, but there's a lot more bad examples out there. Uh, and again, it, it's it's always kind of more about they want to tell their own story and they are loosely basing it on the video games that they're um, associated with. They use the name because it has the uh, brand recognition Borderlands, but the, at the same time, they're also going to turn kind of, you know, use the characters, but they're going to assume that the people don't know the characters well enough or care enough that it matters who plays that role. Uh, and, I, and again, I think, I think that kind of sets these things up for failure. Again, it's, it might be one of those instances where 
the movie itself is a good movie, but it's not a Borderlands movie, right? It has a Borderlands name attached to it, but it doesn't really, other than having the characters listed and named in there, they're not going for a, um, a, a true Borderlands feel as we would see in the video game. They're going to, they want to tell their own story and just utilize the characters and the name to draw in crowds. And again, we see this happen a lot where I can say, oh, that movie was a, was a good movie, but it wasn't a good movie based on the franchise. It just has the name attached to it to draw people in. So, so I think that's going to be the case here. Uh, you know, I think they're, my opinion is they're going to go a very Jumanji route with this movie to try to make it a, a comedic type um, adventure movie in the Borderlands universe and they're utilizing Borderlands and the character names as a means to bring in people familiar with that franchise. Uh, I don't think they really care about being accurate or necessarily having any accuracy to the games itself. I'm sure they will have Easter eggs in there that true fans of the game are going to recognize, things like that. But I think the reality is this will be Borderlands in name only uh, and likely will be some sort of comedy mishap type adventure that we've seen in other Kevin Hart type movies, in my opinion. Yeah, I think you definitely got a point there. It should be noted that a lot of these video game movies now, um, you know, that uh, don't want to tip my hand too much, but I've actually um, played around with the uh, notion of why so many of these um, fail as a possibility um, for a convention panel. And so that's something for a, uh, another date. Uh, but one of the things I'm very curious about is we've been hearing a lot of talk about companies are going to be much more involved in, um, actually with the production of these films. They're not going to be just licensing them out and handing it off. We talked about Ubisoft being more hands-on with Netflix and so on and so forth. And so, Justin, we'll go to you really quick and get your take on this. So what do you think? Yeah, I pretty much agree. I, I think Michael kind of hit it on the head there. I, I think so. I think the core of this is that there, there just hasn't been the – the per the producer that really figures out the secret sauce to make these projects work uh you know there was a time and place when comic book movies were kind of like a joke and you know there were some good ones here and there like they're you know uh the batman movie from the 80s you know obviously the super the early superman movies but you know even then like they they weren't what they are now uh and it really took like Sam Raimi's Spider-Man to really kind of like make comic book movies absolutely explode. He figured out how how to do it uh, in such a way to basically make it the new blockbuster standard, and you know, and we're still in that phase. We're, we're still in that phase today. I mean, there was a time and place when, you know, obviously you guys remember uh, that comic book movies weren't weren't the biggest movie in the summer it was you know something else it was some like some other kind of genre was kind of like the big thing um so you know and i think there's a lot of potential there for video game movies uh, obviously i think there's a lot of great stories i think there's a lot of great characters a lot of great worlds to explore but i think part of it is that there just hasn't really been 
the producer, the right producer and director writer combo to kind of like figure out how to get this to work. Um, you know, I think, uh, Michael absolutely, um, nails it with, um, basically a lot of these movies tend to, uh, emulate just a, a more successful, financially successful movie. Um, so this Borderlands movie, I, I fear that basically they're just looking at this as like a, oh, hey, we need we need a quick buck. We need to fill a time slot um, in a particular time of the year to make some money. Uh, let's make a movie that's pretty similar to Jumanji, uh, but that's not Jumanji. Um, that way it's basically like an easy, oh, hey, we can fit this into this particular weekend and we can make some money off of it kind of thing. And it's not really like... You know, and I don't want to, like, that's pretty cynical of me. I don't want to, like, disparage this movie. This movie might be good. But, um, you know, that's that's my fear, um, just based on what I've heard so far. You know, Kevin Hart, like, as Roland, I, I think the bigger issue for me is that, like, it's not necessarily him uh, physically. I think that's totally fine. I mean, um, I think the bigger thing is that, uh, in demeanor, like in the game, yeah, Borderlands is a is a comedic game, but Roland as a character was like pretty stoic. So, yep. um, that that's to me like it's more True. of a demeanor behavioral thing. Like I think he's just kind of the wrong casting choice just in on that grounds. But you know they can reimagine the character. That's fine. But my my fear is that this is going to be like just uh just Jumanji, but in the Borderlands universe, and you know it's not really like the taking the passion and care um that you know that the the franchise deserves um and I, I think that's really kind of the core problem with video game movies at the moment is there's no one has really kind of figured out what the secret formula is um to make these work and i, I think they well, just and yeah even in regards to like the, the character, like, you know, like you mentioned, Kevin Hart, that's not the type of character you see him as. He's this cut up. But just think about this, like 20 years ago, even 10 years ago, would you have imagined Adam Sandler in Uncut Gems? No. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hollywood casting can be very interesting sometimes. And I think that ever since Heath Ledger, for me, uh, like I've never put a lot of critique into casting until i see what the person can do in the role and let's not forget about michael keaton as batman right i think everybody bemoaned that choice when it was first made right yeah i was a little young for that mom actor who's going to be in who's going to be batman right and and we he turned that role around so i i do agree that the capability of some of these actors is certainly there uh to pull off these roles yeah, and see, and that's just what is so interesting about this. I think this is just the first shoe to drop. And there was another one that I wanted to bring up briefly. We don't need to go into a ton of time on this one, but I will have Michael start with this one. Uh, so it's been kicked around forever the, about bringing back Buck Rogers, bringing back Flash Gordon. Um, there was some news this week, and part of this also has to do with there is some rumors of various lawsuits over where the film rights and TV rights and all of that currently sit. But there was some news this week that apparently George Clooney is circling uh, Buck Rogers as a remake. So some say, well, he'd only be producing it, but others say he's looking to produce and star in the franchise, which has caused some people to come out and say, okay, is 
he a good choice as do we need a 60 year old buck rogers or shouldn't he be in his 40s that sort of thing so real quickly michael what do you have an opinion on this uh, so so i i have an affinity for buck rogers the tv series because i was a child back when it was on mm-hmm. um and i do i i will admit i still watch it when it's on tv they have it on saturday nights on one of the local channels here um and i still enjoy watching it but i always get a little worried whenever they try to take a franchise that is known for its campiness Um, and again i could be wrong battlestar galactica is a really good example of one that was kind of known for its campiness and they did a i think sci-fi did an excellent job when they brought it back um in the series so it certainly can be done um buck rogers as a character and it's kind of like for me flash gordon as a character right um it's 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 something that they are going to have to pick a direction that they want to go and i don't know how that role will play out if they try to make take it a serious direction and i'm going to be the one of the first to admit that outside of the uh, buck rogers television series and the strategic simulations game uh buck rogers that was based on the gold box edition of the D games that's pretty much my only exposure to the buck rogers universe i understand there are um comics and and stories that were before my time and i know that was kind of a big draw there so i'm not going to say that there isn't a good good amount of story there but but i always a little get a little leery when i hear these things and and i hope that they put that that take that stuff into account when it comes to recreating these type of characters and joseph do you have a comment that you want to weigh in on yeah a lot of these shows are a little before my time i have seen a little bit of buck rogers and everything but I, I don't know enough about the universe or the show to, to really comment on a lot of it. I'm, I will say I am interested in seeing a reboot because it'll be a good way to introduce this to a new audience, but only if it's done right. Yeah. I'm just waiting for Buckaroo Banzai to come back. <laughs> <laughs> and or, just or Frisco County Junior. Yeah, I, I'm kind of in the same boat. I've, I've never seen uh, Buck Rogers, but, um, you know, I, I think one of the the tricky things about i mean we're we're very um reboot slash remake um focused uh we're in a very much in a time that's really focused on remakes and, and reboots of things and um the problem there though is something uh michael hit upon which is that uh a lot of times the, these remakes and reboots they don't really capture like the really the core kind of soul of the of the original uh, of whatever whatever it is it's it's usually reimagined and kind of modern and uh, a modern light which you know that that has its place for sure but um you know i just i would just wonder if they're gonna absolutely uh, if they're gonna capture what what made the original special it's a tricky thing because at the time it was done back in the age of the pulp comics, the idea of putting a guy from our time in the future was a big deal. And then when they did it in the 70s, 80s, it was this rare hybrid that it was a theatrical film release and then all of a sudden went to TV series with the exact same cast and so on and so forth, where the film release was then done up as a pilot movie with a couple of minor changes to it. They did the TV series, and then for season two, they decided to completely rework everything and change everything up, and it didn't really take with people and got canceled. But as people have said, 
there was a element that people responded to the fish out of water story the guy who all of a sudden he's 500 years in the future in a world he doesn't know anything about he has to find his place everything he's known is all gone but there was also the um Oh, I guess the ecological side effect to it, where there was the, hey, you know, take care of the planet. We don't have much left. There's all these scorched earth zones outside of these pristine cities and their carefully controlled environments, so on and so forth. And when I look at the series, um, we've had a, a really ongoing debate on uh, one of the radio pages about this. And where we're kind of leaning right now is that Buck, to me, has got to be in his 40s. So we, we keep hearing names like Chris Pratt, Bradley Cooper may be better options for the character. And my my whole point on it is, if you're going to be doing Buck Rogers, you're probably looking at a three-movie deal if all goes well. Do we want a Buck Rogers pushing 70 by the time these shows are done? It would much be but much better him in his 50s. That being said, George Clooney does not look his age. He certainly can pull off the part, and it might be an interesting take on it. He also has more than enough clout to make sure that it's done and done properly. I don't see George Clooney doing it on the on the uh, sly by cutting corners. If he's going to bring it back, he's going to bring it back in a proper way. So it'll be interesting to see if he can pull it off. The last thing I wanted to bring up today before I close with a uh, hardware mention is Call of Duty Zombie is getting a new update. And one of these new updates is a uh, thing called Firebase Z. Now, this will continue the four-player co-op zombie mode, which will put the game into Vietnam. And I know a lot of people, my son included, hasn't really played much of the zombie mode. He's been kind of a little hesitant to get into the multiplayer because he has his loadout that he's all happy with and he doesn't want to have to be essentially getting owned while he works his way up to uh, get the loadout that he wants. But when he heard, oh, wait, I can go fight zombies in Vietnam, this really intrigued him. So, uh, I know, Justin, you don't play them very much, so I'll give you a break on this one unless you do want to chime in. But let's go ahead and start with Joseph. What do you make of this? Um, I don't really play Call of Duty. <laughs> um, so I don't really have a lot to offer on this one. I apologize. And Okay, Michael, your take. Well, I, I like Zombies is always a pretty popular franchise, the co-op. Um, working together to kind of get through each mission. You know, they keep throwing zombies at you, so you have to keep, you know, trying to revive your people, keep everybody alive so you can complete the, each task. I think the Vietnam setting, I think it's 1984 is what I saw. So that's actually a very interesting uh, locale to be doing the zombie universe in. And again, the whole um, Call of Duty Cold War time frame is one that's, you know, always been kind of intriguing, especially since, you know, growing up in that time frame. Um, it brings back a lot of nostalgia, both, you know, for good reasons and bad reasons. But but generally speaking, you know, we know the zombie uh, modes are always popular. I think the setting will be really good. So, yeah, I think it'll be a it'll be a good time. I, again, I, I that is one area that I think the co-op part of Call of Duty gets right every release. Yeah. And some of the new maps have been pretty good, too. So I've been uh, appreciative of the new uh, updates that have been coming to the game. And so that. Uh, it's a good thing. Anytime you get an update to one of your games and it helps extend the life of the game and gives you something to do 
when it gets slow during the week is never a bad thing. The final thing I wanted to uh, bring up was something from CES 2021. And I know that uh, we covered the show extensively. And the staff and I are kind of in that phase now where we're starting to get products from the show to try out. Uh, we have something uh, here that not only charges your phones, uh, but UV sanitizes them. We've talked about this in the past and we're really enjoying this. Uh, but something has arrived this week, which was a new product from Aftershocks. Now, uh, these are folks who make some bone conduction technology headsets. You usually find them in Eureka Park at CES. And essentially, if you're not familiar with these, these are headsets that wrap around the back of your head. And bone conduction technology is exactly like it sounds. It uses the natural conductivity of the skull to help transfer the sound to give you a, a, a good fit, that sort of thing. But it also, uh, by going through your cheekbone, it leaves your ears open to environmental uh, surrounds, so on and so forth. These are lightweight, flexible, that sort of thing. One of the new products that they have put out for us is a new seventh generation headset. And uh, this one is different in that it's a Bluetooth headset and it has the same bone conducting um, technology. You can get up to 16 hours of talk time, eight hours of listening time, and a five minute quick charge feature if you only need to get two hours of talk time. And this is kind of an entry that will take on more of what people would expect from Plantronics and things of that nature in that it's a headset that you would wear to conduct your uh, work around your office. It is uh, cited for being something that would be ideal for long haul truckers and stuff like that who want a headset that is perhaps a little more comprehensive than the traditional uh, Bluetooth earbud, that sort of thing. And it was very interesting. It's very comfortable. It's got a very good sound quality to it and uh, very uh, durable. And that was the thing that it really interested me was that this isn't put something in your ear because, you know, I'll do it when I have to. But even that, having a Bluetooth in my ear was never something I was overly thrilled about. I, you know, before uh, before you had the car hooked up for the uh, Bluetooth calls, you'd simply, oh, give me a second, let me put the thing on. And then you have to play that little game of hoping it pairs like it's supposed to. And uh, this is a very good option. And I was thinking about long haul truckers, stuff like that, being able to have this there, but still have their ears free to hear the road noises, that sort of thing, but still hear their audio um, properly. So really good product. And we'll be doing a full review of that very soon. And folks, that is going to do it for us this week. We've covered uh, a lot of stuff this week, and we look forward to talking to you next week with more breaking news and analysis of the news of the week. Until then, take care.